You're listening to The John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. So how do you manage the next, that's not even 48 hours, so so how do you, I mean, you're in this weird, off-the-wall three games in five days, and you just came here and played the hottest team in the country, followed by the team that was the hottest team in the country until this team beat them Tuesday night. So so how do you manage all of this in these very unique circumstances? Well, first is get these guys back and get them off their feet and try to get them some food and some rest and then come back tomorrow and put a good game plan together. You know, as coaches, that's our job is to put a game plan together that will put our team in position to go out there and execute. Now, back to the voice of the national championship, Baylor Bears, John Morris. As Mike Boynton, the Oklahoma State head basketball coach, courtesy of the Cowboys Sports Network from Learfield. Post-game last night, Cowboys dropped a 78-57 decision to Tech in Lubbock, now in Waco to play the Bears coming up tomorrow afternoon. The question from the voice of the Pokes, that is Dave Hunziker, who joins us now. Dave, good afternoon to you. Uh, Do you know what city you're in right now? Yeah, but I don't know what day it is. So <laughs> That's depends. fair. <laughs> yeah, one day you might remember where you're at, and the next day you might remember what day it is. But seldom do you know wit both. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can see that. So what a week. I know where I'm at, but I don't know what day it is. <laughs> what a week for you guys. Unbelievable. I guess you left uh, Stillwater on Monday, and you'll go back home tomorrow. Yeah, they have a parade for us. <laughs> yeah. No matter what happens in the game, I have a parade because they thought we had just gone away and we were never coming back oh. so yeah it, it's been unique and of course what happened was the texas tech game scheduled for new year's day had right to be moved because of the COVID issues with our program and so it's kind of where we live right now with no pad time on the back end of the schedule as was the case last year so it's got to jam in when you can yeah, and that's a good point. They, the conference built in a week last year for makeups, yes. which we all needed. Uh, you know, it turned out, and we all used last year, but that's not available this year. So you get situations like this. You guys, three games in five days and all three on the road. Yeah, it's, it's sort of just what happens. And, you know, people ask, well, did you have any say in it? And no, you, you really didn't. I mean, they're just trying to figure out how to make these games work. You know, Texas Tech is in – a comparable situation, yeah. not quite the same. They have three and five days. They came to your place Tuesday, played us last night at home in Lubbock, and then they play K-State at 11 a.m. tomorrow. So it's not been easy for them either. Yeah. I was curious, Dave. Uh, it's kind of like an NBA schedule for you guys this week. So I said, huh, wonder what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing this week. And they, they are playing three games in five days, but their third game is uh, back home in Oklahoma City. So you've, you've got a tougher schedule, really, with three road games than they do. Well, then there you go. <laughs> so, that's what you need to know. NBA life. No back-to-back. Life. Back, though, thank goodness. No yeah. back-to-back. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, thank goodness for that. Our women have a stretch uh, with some makeups in February where they'll have four games in eight days. So they're going to have uh, – probably everybody over the course of the year is going to have some kind of stretch like this. Most likely. Uh, you know, no one is probably going to – get out of this completely unscathed and even if you are fortunate from the COVID standpoint you're also involved in whatever circumstances your opponents have so you know it's you just kind of have to saddle up so to speak and 
and, 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 you know, take it as it comes because you really only have limited control. You can control yourself to an extent, right? Right, right. You really can't control what happens to other people. Exactly. And, you know, the way things are right now, I'm not sure how much anybody has control over any of it. It's just sort of where we are. Wow. Uh, I, it sounds like y'all ran into a pretty raucous crowd in Lubbock last night. Yeah, we did. I mean, they're pretty fired up after what happened here Tuesday night. Sure. You know, they jumped out 10 nothing, and for Oklahoma State's, to Oklahoma State's credit, and they came back and tied the game at 21 and, you know, had a little surge and never got the lead. And then Tech closed out the first half with a 21-5 to run. Cowboys had, you know, some turnovers in that stretch. You know, Tech got some easy baskets, and it got away. And then basically they just kept the Cowboys at arm's length. Oklahoma State got it down to 12 early in the second half, but the Cowboys never threatened them. Uh, Oklahoma State had their worst shooting game of the year, but that's it. But it's they've not shot it well all year. Last night was just a little worse. But this is a team that has not shot it well. Uh, I don't know if the team will ever shoot it well. You just hope that at some point they can shoot it good enough. But that's not been the case for the most part this season. Well, and again, you ran into a red hot team in Tech. I mean, uh, you could make a case for them being the hottest team in the league right now. So you caught them at a bad time. And for you guys, uh, is is scoring, is offense an issue? looks like the most you've scored in a conference game this year is 64. It is, without a doubt. In fact, you know, you you take it a step further and look at sort of what's happened when we've lost. You know, we our, our losses, every single one of them so far, the seven games we've lost, are our seven worst offensive efficiency games. Just stack mm-hmm. them up, one right after the other. And, you know, defensively, in a lot of games, they've been good enough. Uh, you know, probably not last night. You know, Tech was, you know, right around 50% from the field. Got a lot of easy baskets in the second half. Made a lot of threes in the first half, which is not really what they typically do. But, you know, defensively, in many cases, they've been good enough. Offensively, it's just been a struggle. The team's shooting 29% from three. You know, and to kind of illustrate that a little bit further, kind of where they live, and and this is pretty unusual, at least I think it is. You know, they've not had a single player Oklahoma State scoring double figures in more than three straight games. Oh, wow. Not a one. Right. And they've only had three players that have done it in three in a row. So there hasn't been, you know, they're, they're a deep team. They play a lot of guys, but there's just not been any consistency in offensive production from anybody. And it kind of is, that's a, a little bit, that's a tough place to live, really. Dave, I hated to see the news in the offseason, uh, the NCAA sanctions against Oklahoma State. You can't play in postseason this year. Uh, it, how much of that is a factor? How does Coach Boynton address that and handle that? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, and we'll see as the year goes along, you know, is there any piling on effect of that? We'll just have to wait and see. And, you know, did it affect them in the non-conference? I, you know, I think it did. Coach Boynton talked about it on one of the radio shows that, you know, at times he just felt like he'd look out there and you could just kind of see it in their eyes that they, you could tell they just, there wasn't the same spark, hmm. even in some of the big non-conference games, there just wasn't the same spark because, you know, you're not talking to them about, you know, playing a, a, a team that's top 20 in the net, or this game could help you do this as far as your NCAA tournament positioning is concerned. There isn't any of that. So it's, it, it can, it can seem a bit hollow, I'm sure. And, you know, I, I think he's really just trying to convince the guys right now play for the conference championship. You know, I think that it did get better in that I think there was a bit of a turning of the page when conference play started.
because now you've got something to play for. Yeah. Now you can try to win a regular season conference title. Of course, we found out last week, and this was not unexpected. It would have been highly unusual had they said that Oklahoma State could play in the conference tournament, and that was, uh, you know, that was put to bed once and for all that they won't, uh, and understandably so. But that's what they're chasing right now. But it, it, you're, you're in a tough position to try to chase that thing with uh, Kansas at home, Texas at home, and then this three-game road stretch. So it's a <laughs> tough way to start that journey and that endeavor that's for sure yeah really tough but a good win over texas in there i mean that was a really good win for you guys yeah it was it was interesting you know it was one of their better shooting games and you know really did a good job of making it tough on texas offensively defensively they were really good texas got nothing easy they never got into a rhythm i think marcus carr was held to six points their other guards really struggled uh they didn't have mitchell for that game which makes a difference for them certainly uh, but Oklahoma State was very, very good, and, and you know certainly one of their more complete games of the year, and the best win that they've had, uh, without a doubt. And they carried some momentum into the West Virginia game, you know, and and West Virginia was really physical with Oklahoma State, and and, and so that one didn't go quite as well. So, uh, but the Texas win was was the highlight for sure. Dave Hunziker, our guest, voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys, uh, Cowboys and Bears tomorrow, four o'clock in the Farrell Center. We look forward to that. Look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Uh, if you need, uh, you know, if you need to do a load of laundry or anything, you just let me know, and uh, and we'll help you out, okay, before the game tomorrow. But yeah, that sounds good. You sure. Know, so far, I, I think I'm going to make it. If we get home, I think I'll be okay. I won't tell you how much I've reused anything. Yeah, there you that's, go. That's nobody's business. <laughs> that's Super nobody's guy. business. <laughs> Dave, how about let's go to the Fiesta Bowl. What a yeah. great win for you guys on New Year's Day. We got to watch that as uh, we played the Sugar Bowl later that night, but Man, what a big win that was to beat Notre Dame. That was crazy. You know, same script as the championship game, except <laughs> in a little different style. I mean, got down 21 points and then scored right before halftime and scored quickly. And one of the things they felt like going into the game, you know, they were down 28-7 to for those that you know, may not have watched the game. And, and, but, but what happened just before half is they felt like playing fast on offense might give Notre Dame a lot of trouble. Early in the game, you know, Notre Dame was dominating. Then they went right down the field at the end of the first half, and I mean just went bam, 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 right down the field going fast, playing tempo. And so not only did you cut the lead to 14, I think it it sort of opened up the curtains for them to see very clearly that not only was tempo going to be effective, it was going to be highly effective. And so the Cowboys got the ball to start the second half. They kept playing fast offensively. Notre Dame wanted absolutely nothing to do with that and struggled mightily against it. I thought it might give them some trouble. I didn't think it would completely – I didn't think it completely really just ransacked them the way it did. They just had no answer for it. They just couldn't play at that pace. And so uh, they were able to get the lead and hold on and win. And, oh, it was, you know, the biggest comeback in school history. Yeah, yeah. Around 21 and, and – uh, you know, that's the way that team lived the whole year, John. They lived on the edge. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, they, they had, you know, down 13 at Boise. They were down 14 at Texas, and Texas had the ball inside the 25-yard line and late in the first half, about to go up 21. They get a pick six the other way to flip that game. You know, down nine to Oklahoma going to the fourth. Nearly rallied in the championship game against uh, your Baylor team, and uh, Baylor had a great stop at the end and then pulled it off against Notre Dame. So, yeah, I think they took some years off people's lives, but it was fun in the process. So I think they'll just say, hey, it's worth the trade. You know, I heard Mike Gundy say after that game, after the Fiesta Bowl win, biggest win in school history. And I thought, really? 
But then the more I thought about it, you know, the the you know the stage on a big stage like the Fiesta Bowl against an opponent like Notre Dame and the biggest comeback in school history, you know, man knows what he's talking about. You know, and, and when he said that too, I thought, okay, well let's 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 rewind a bit. Mm-hmm. You think of the Bedlam win in 2011 against mm-hmm. Oklahoma that won the conference title, the only regular season title for Oklahoma State. The Fiesta Bowl win that came a month later uh, over Stanford, which yeah. was a super high level game. But this was, you know, Notre, you know, when you play Notre Dame and you beat them in a big game and they're good, that's a whole different thing. I mean, it is the most iconic brand in the history of college football. And when they're good, it carries with it an, an immeasurable amount of weight nationally. And I think that's one of the things he was referring to. And then I think also, too, I think it also was a verification of what's been done here the last 20 years. I think it's happened to some degree in silence. A lot of people don't realize, for example, you know, Oklahoma State, <laughs> most people didn't know they have a better record in Notre Dame the last 20 years. That mm-hmm. was in my pregame show. Who has a better record the last 20 years? Oklahoma State does. Wow. That would shock most people nationally. Right. You would probably know it, but most people nationally wouldn't. It was just kind of like, okay, everybody knows, and people that follow it closely pretty much know how good Oklahoma State's been the last 20 years. But to beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, rally from 21 points down, with all the eyeballs looking, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, you know what? Oklahoma State has been really, really good. This, You know, maybe they are as legit as some people say they are. So, yeah, you know how that goes. It's you know probably the same for you in the Sugar Bowl. And so it's a nice little exclamation point. And just kind of another big bullet in your talking points of, hmm. you know, this is why our program's been so good. Well, that's right. And, and I've always thought it's, it's huge to win your bowl game, you know, and take that momentum into the postseason right into spring. I mean, we've seen it here, the difference in losing a bowl game or winning it. And especially if you win it on a big stage against a really good opponent, I just think that's huge, uh, kind of a jump start for the next season. Yeah. And what it does for your, you know, especially a game, you know, like the one that you guys won or the one that OSU won because of the, the, you know, the stage and who you're playing and the fact it's a new year's day, new Year's six, it just energizes the entire program and everything around it from the players to the coaches, to the fans. I mean, you know, they leave with a euphoria about the previous season. So there's not like a lot of years where, you know, you win 10 games and if you don't finish well, it's like, oh, geez, oh, Pete, we were just lucky. We weren't that good. <laughs> and, you know, blah, you've heard it a million times. Like, ah, uh, we played somebody good and we're not any good. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. which we all hear. And all fans feel that way. I mean, shoot, I say it too. I just don't say it on the radio sometimes. We don't <laughs> feel that way. It's just being honest. But it's, uh, but when you win a game like that, it's everybody, it's, it's just the perk in everybody's step. Yeah. It, it, it's That's a right. big deal. All bowl games are big. When you win one like that, it just the mood is just so positive, and it and it carries through for all the months in between the seasons. Sure. Oh yeah, yep. Well, I'm glad that happened for you guys. I'm glad it happened for us too. So yeah, we'll uh, tee it up again, you know, in uh, in late August. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Seriously, if you need anything, you give me a call, okay? But uh, no, look forward to seeing you at the Ferrell Center tomorrow. Yeah, why don't you text a picture of me to my wife and make sure she remembers who I am, just in case. You're a very valued person and uh, highly thought of, and she might, from you, she would probably believe something that you would say. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I might have you do that. Yeah, I'll do that for sure. Thank you, Dave. We'll see you tomorrow. 
Thank you, John. See you tomorrow. I appreciate it. That's Dave Hunziker, the great voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Cowboys in town to play Baylor tomorrow. We'll be on the air at 3.30, tip off at 4, right here on ESPN Central Texas. 